here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Hello and welcome to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold and you are listening to episode 27 of our podcast. As always, I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, how we doing? Heading into week nine on this Tuesday. I feel great, dude. I uh, had a great, great week eight, man. I uh, finished out five and one on my best bets. Told you, man, those road dogs under seven points. It was a, a they were barking. We cap- they were barking hard. Definitely was definitely was happy to be on the road dog side of it. Um, so very successful week. So hopefully to bring that into week nine, man. So just like my beautiful jacket that I'm wearing, that is actually gross. Super fly. The gross, the gross bets last week crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. <laughs> it did. The bets, the bets that I won on our best bets last week were Carolina, disgusting. What else did we have? We Cincinnati. had Cincinnati. We had the New York Jets. Yeah, they won outright. And we won one more. Oh, New Orleans with Taysom Hill, not in. Jameis Winston, not in. Rock Who with cares? Trevor, Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, let's do it. <laughs> Didn't matter at all. And the two bets that lost. The Vikings, uh, we'll get into the Vikings in a second. Mike Zimmer, I, I hate you. And uh, Indianapolis, who had a 14-0 lead and an interception and then dropped the ball. Titans score a touchdown in the next play, and uh, we're screwed forever. So Carson Wentz went Carson Wentz, officially. Well, I think that that might be the worst throw that I've ever seen. 24-24 <laughs> at the three-yard line. That, man, man. Still with your left hand as you're falling oh, down man. in the end zone. Great, great idea. Great idea. One of the, one of the biggest uh, <laughs> panic passes I've ever seen in a week eight game that's like not really all that important. Unbelievable. Uh, really, really costly for me to lose on the Vikings and the Colts. Otherwise, pretty good week. Look forward to running it back with some ugly dogs this week. As we do here on the show, before we get to the week nine gambling lines, let's talk about a little champions round business here. We have two giveaways I want to talk about right now. We are giving away a Elijah Moore, Quinn Williams, Darius Leonard, and T.Y. Hilton, all four of those jerseys on Thursday Night Football. All you have to do is go on this video on YouTube and comment Broadway Joe, and you are automatically entered. You tag five people, your boost entries, you'll get five more entries into that. So those four jerseys, really, really fun. And then because we love gross bets, Dan, you know how we love our gross bets. On this show specifically, we are going to be giving away Jerseys from the Dolphins and Texans who play each other this week. It does not get any grosser than that. We are giving away a Tyrod Taylor Houston Texans jersey and a Ricky Williams orange popsicle Dolphins uniform signed by Ricky Williams himself. Those will be fun. All you have to do is go to our TikTok, follow us, and then tag some league members on this post on Instagram. Again, if you tag five league members, you get a boost opportunity. You have five more chances to win. So, Go do those two things. Follow us across all social channels and get some sick swag. You know, something like this. Something like this. Get a little fresh with it. Uh, All right, let's get out to uh, week nine. Let's start with, well, a team we won on last week and a team we lost on last week. The New York Jets plus 10.5 with Mike White, a.k.a. the White Lotus, starting against Ginger Jesus himself in Indianapolis. The Colts are currently minus 10.5. The over-under is 45.5. What do you got on this game, Dan? I just want to acknowledge the fact that you called Carson Wentz Ginger Jesus. Oh yeah, Has anyone <laughs> Ginger Jesus? Uh, yeah, his his 
Carson Wentz sucks, and uh, he's been great all season, but he finally showed his true colors um, in the clutch last week. And uh, I don't know, man. There's just so much variance with this Jets team that who am I to say Mike White can't the great the great white hype can't get it done again. Ten and a half points, man. Give me the Jets here. I think we saw Michael Carter finally get the rock. Like, I mean, Mike White threw for 400 yards, unlocked the run game. We saw, you know, um, Elijah Moore actually do something. I feel like this is like what the Jets needed to kind of get a spark of their offense. And I don't know. They held the they held their own against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have beaten very good teams this season. So. I don't think that the Colts are out of the uh, out of it here. Like I, I think that they, they the Jets have a very good chance of uh, making something of this game here. And it's Thursday night. Let's be honest; it's usually an ugly game anyway. So give me the under on this, and I'll take the Jets ten and a half. Uh, I'm torn in this game because I liked what I saw from from Mike White, who did he was electric in the last five minutes. But before that, he was kind of trash. Uh, they definitely had a big comeback in that game. The Colts were dominating that game for, you know, quarter and a half. My brain says that based on the way that these two games happened last week, I'm supposed to fade it and I'm supposed to take Indianapolis minus 10 and a half here. Now laying 10 and a half with Carson Wentz is not a position that you ever want to be in. That is a disgusting place to be. But like I keep mentioning, the disgusting place to be is where you want to be. So uh, I, I might be on the Colts minus 10 and a half in this game. I'll be in Vegas for this game. Which means hey. I will make I will make irrational decisions per always. <laughs> so that sounds like a Colts and an over to me. Uh, I, I think that I'm just going to fade what I saw last week. I'm not going to bet on Mike White being anything decent. The Colts still have something to play for in that division. I know that they're three and five, but the Titans just lost Derrick Henry. I don't know what that team's going to look like. They've gotten three incredible wins in a row, but you lose Derrick Henry. Now you're you got to rethink your entire offense. Adrian Peterson is not going to replace or McNichols or whoever the hell you're going to put in there are not going to replace what you had in Henry. And that defense, the defense still has issues. Like you just give up 31 points and let Indianapolis come down the field in like a minute and a half with, with yeah. Carson Wentz. So uh, I think that Indianapolis isn't quite dead. You do have to play a lot, but uh, I'm kind of leaning that direction right now. Uh, let's head over to Sunday games. Uh, this will be super exciting. I can't wait to watch all of this slate. We have Atlanta plus six. At New Orleans, looks like New Orleans, we don't know if they're going to go Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. At this point, the Falcons coming off of a dirty, dirty loss uh, last week, and they don't probably not going to have Calvin Ridley for this one. Uh, what do you think? The over-under are currently 42.5. Yeah, kind of hard to trust Atlanta here. Don't really know what's going on with Calvin Ridley. Sounds like it's some mental issues. I mean, I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he just didn't really want to play for a team that's so mediocre. Um, but yeah, at, you know, the Saints, we don't really know what they're going to do at quarterback right now. Jameis Winston's going to miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL, but he still had enough power in those legs to uh, turn up at the end of the game. Yeah, in the locker did. room. Probably one of the dopest videos I've seen this <laughs> year. Um, but if, whether it's going to be Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill here, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference against the 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 Atlanta Falcons this is a divisional matchup but with the Saints at home uh given what they just did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think this defense is inspired they forced Tom Brady to have two turnovers one that went to the house I, I think that they're going to rally around this team they got Mark Ingram back less emphasis on Alvin Kamara Atlanta's defense hasn't stopped anybody this season so I got to trust that uh 
the Saints can get it done here. Don't love the number at minus six, but it's within a touchdown, so I'll, I'll take it. So I'm going to take the Saints here. Yeah, I, I don't feel confident in the Saints coming off that big win against Tampa Bay. I think they put a lot into winning that game, uh, and I think they're going to have issues with the quarterback here. I expect a low-scoring game under 42.5 might be a good number. Uh, divisional dog, Atlanta usually plays okay against the Saints. I could see them covering plus six. I trust Matt Ryan more than I do the other two quarterbacks on the other side. That's not really a great position to be in if you're the Saints. But they do have, you know, the coaching advantage for the Saints is massive. It's, it was the defense. So I wouldn't be surprised right. if the Saints get it done. Gun to head, I'll take Atlanta plus six. But I don't anticipate this being one of my best five for the week. Me either. Uh, let's go to Denver at Dallas. Cowboys look like they're going to get Dak Prescott back. Denver just traded away Von Miller, their heart and soul of their team. This number's big, though. Really big. Dallas minus nine and a half over under 49 and a half. Uh, Dan, what do you think of this one? Dallas comes in seven and zero against the spread. Why, why am I going to not back them now? <laughs> I mean, Denver just lost their top defensive, one of their top defensive players in Von Miller. We still haven't really seen much out of that Denver offense, man. They're anemic and I don't, I, I just don't like them against the Dallas Cowboys team. That's they're rolling, man. They're rolling. They, they just pulled up the upset over the Minnesota Vikings, which, you know, Cooper Rush making it happen. Yeah. Cooper to Cooper. Uh, Amari Cooper finally got unlocked. And I don't know. This, they just can't be stopped at this point. So, uh, yeah, give me Dallas here about laying the points. Nine and a half a big number, especially against a defense that is semi-competent in, in uh, Denver. Dak's going to come back. I assume he's going to get rolling. I do like the under 49 and a half here, though. I don't think that Dallas is going to lay like a 30-burger on, uh, on Denver. Uh, Denver's going to be able to move the ball a little bit. Um, but enough to cover nine and a half. I'll probably stay away if I had to pick something here. I just think that there's value on the nine and plus nine and a half here. I think the number is just too big. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas won this game like 24 10 and covered the number. So stay away from me, but I do like the under 49 and a half. I'm hoping that it crosses 50 though. It hits yeah, 50 I struggle to play. see where Denver is going to actually be able to put up points because they just struggled. Their offenses just look so bad over the last few weeks despite getting the, the return of Jerry Judy. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to put up 20 here. So, yeah, definitely under 49 and a half. 50, 51. This gets to 51. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm all over this. That's, that'll be a big bet for me. Uh, let's move over. New England Patriots, who are off of a big win against the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A., head to Carolina. Carolina got a big win last week. Panthers are plus three and a half at home. We think the Panthers can get this done as a home dog? PJ Walker, or I don't know. We don't know. Is, is Sam Darnold going to make it out of concussion protocol? Low key. I don't think that the Carolina Panthers really want him to. They, they're ready for a change of pace here. Uh, DJ Moore hasn't been the same. Robert and Robbie Anderson is the worst ranked wide receiver by, per pro football focus this season. Dropping balls, not running routes, missing it. This team is in shambles right now. So it's kind of hard to get behind them. New England, they are coming back from a cross-country trip. And, you know, they they played a great game against the Chargers, ran it right down their throats. Pretty much everything I said was going to happen did. Um, so I wonder, uh, Carolina's rush defense is better than their pass defense, uh, at least as of late. So uh, stay away game for me, but gun to the head. I, I think I'm going to pick New England here. Just no faith in what's going on in Carolina. They got to right the ship, and I don't see them doing it against a Bill Belichick defense, uh, which is going to be relentless. They're just going to continue to bring pressure. 
And I don't really see how Carolina is going to put points on the board because they haven't proven to they haven't proven that in the last few weeks. I'm going to go with Carolina here just because it's over a field goal at home. And like you said, Carolina's rushy, really, really competent, much better than their pasty. New England's not going to be able to have the same script that they had against the Chargers. And right. New it, I mean, New England has looked good. They're kind of due for a little bit of a bounce back here. I am going to go with the Panthers plus three and a half, but probably won't bet it yet until I see exactly what's happening with the quarterback situation. Feels like a little bit later in the week. It doesn't look like they're going to get McCaffrey back this week. They may play into this a little bit. Over under 41, any feeling there? Uh, I got to go under here, but the fact actually on that. Mm, yeah. Got to go over. <laughs> It seems too logical to go was, under, so I'm going over. <laughs> I was exactly with you. As soon as you said, I was like, I bet everybody's going to end up on the under. This might be a yeah. good place to get the over. I feel like there's yeah. going to be some defensive points either way in this game. Uh, yeah. All right, let's go to the horrible, horrible Minnesota Vikings who give our palpitation. It had five and a half points of value. You can't cover at the end of the game. This is insufferable that Zeke... First of all, the double timeout with a third and 16 to third and 11, and then you can't stop Zeke. I I threw about everything that I had at the television. So sorry about that. I wasn't even at my house. Like, I got to pay for a guy's TV now. Um, yeah, so that was bad. The whole game was bad. Like, not throwing the ball down the field. I think Warren Sharp tweeted something about, like, Kirk Cousins was 8 of 23 with throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage or within five yards, and then they were like, I don't know, like eight of 10 for 127 yards. And they threw 10 yards down the field. Like Clint Kubiak, figure it the fuck out, dude. You have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Throw the ball yeah. down the field. The Cowboys don't have the 85 Bears defense. Let's do something here. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're playing against Cooper Rusher. You can't get any pressure on the quarterback or do anything. Uh, very frustrating game from a gambling perspective. Minnesota had to leave the entire game until the last you know minute and a half. So that was trash. They're plus six. At Baltimore, Baltimore's off of a bye. Uh, my brain now says I have to bet the Vikings because I hate them so much, and it would be the grossest bet on the board. What would say you? Yeah, I tend to lean with you, man. It's gotta. That's going to be the gross one of the week. You know, it's coming off of Monday Night Football. Very noticeable primetime loss yet again for Kirk Cousins. Mike Zimmer's job's on the line at this point. Seems like a good rally opportunity against a team versus all coming off of a bye. Six points to cover. I think the Vikings will probably be a little bit more competent on offense. They'll take a look at the film, obviously see the the opportunities that were missed and in, in, in playing the game scheme a bit differently, which they'll probably have to do against a way better defense in the Baltimore Ravens. So I think they'll make their adjustments. Give me the Vikings here, plus six. Oh, over under 50 in this game. Initial lean would be towards the under here, given the state of everything that's going on with the Vikings, but maybe I'm misreading this a little bit. Uh, I was actually thinking over just mainly because, you know, the Ravens had another week to get healthy. Uh, we're going to see uh, Rashad Bateman. We're going to see Sammy Watkins, you know, all of the weapons that pretty much were set up for Lamar Jackson in the beginning of the season that haven't have only had like a, maybe a couple games together at, at most. Uh, I think this is going to be a really important buy for them. So I think they're going to put points on the board. All right, let's move over to uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland currently plus two and a half. Bengals coming off of a, a bad loss, but still in a good position overall. The Browns now four and four. Baker Mayfield obviously doesn't look right. He hasn't looked right in a couple of weeks. Nick Chubb couldn't quite get it going last week against the Steelers in a game that you absolutely nailed, and I did not. Uh, you think this is a bounce back position for the Browns at plus two and a half over under 47, or do we think that the Bengals get it done at home? 
Yeah, this is a tough one because I think I want to take the wait and see on this because there's a ton of drama circulating. The trade deadline just passed today. OBJ is still on the roster. His dad is tweeting how much Baker Mayfield is missing him on throws. LeBron James is coming out publicly saying free OBJ. Is that a rally cry? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this going to bring out the OBJ squeaky wheel? Probably. So, like, part of me is like, this, if, of all games, this is pretty much going to be the, the season for the Browns right here. It's in division. They got to catch up to the Bengals. I think that this, I think that I want to see this line move up a little bit. I, I don't think it's going to go down because there's no information that I think that will change on the Browns, on the Browns side that's going to improve their odds here. I think it is what it is. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's 100% going to play. Um, Give me the Browns here. I feel like most people are going to probably be on the Bengals on a, in a bounce back coming off a bad loss against the Jets. But, yeah, I got to feel like this is going to be a, the, the most important game of the, the Browns season. So they got to come to play. LeBron's tweet was like one letter away from being really interesting. I thought it said free OJ at first. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? I was super. I was like, OK, I got to go. It, out his social team's too smart for that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I agree with you on the Browns. If I see that plus three, that's a hammer spot for me. Two and a half, probably stay away. Although I feel like if I do a money line round robin underdog thing, I'm definitely going to have the Browns plus 125 in there. Uh, I definitely think that they can get this done. The Bengals team is not as good as they were, or as we thought that they may be after the Ravens win. They're going to regress. Still maybe a playoff team, but I don't think that they're you know one of the top three or four teams in the AFC. The Browns certainly could be. like They are more than capable of it. I like their coaching staff much more than the Bengals. There's a significant coaching advantage between uh, Stefanski and Taylor here. So I like the Browns. It doesn't feel good. Browns are horrible against the spread. They just keep doing this to me. But uh, if they get up to plus three, uh, I got to do it. It looks like right now, look at the DraftKings Sportsbook, Bengals minus two and a half, minus 115. We might actually see three. So that would be great. I'd love to be out there on uh, on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, all right, next game, Buffalo minus 14 at Jacksonville, currently over under 49. I am hard-pressed to bet a minus 14 favorite on the road, but I don't know. Puke emoji. I don't know. I got to do it. I'm not, <laughs> uh, I'm not doing anything on the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. I've been hurt too much. And after what I saw last week in Seattle, uh, I think Buffalo is just going to be – continue rolling like they played horrible last week and they still covered 14 against Miami so I don't know just keep riding the bills yeah at this point they made Geno Smith look like Russell Wilson didn't even matter um Tyler Lockett had himself a day finally he woke up um you gotta expect Stephon Diggs to do something similar I just don't see where the Jacksonville Jaguars can actually have a chance of stopping this offense and then on the other side of the ball, their defense is just that good. So it took a little bit of time for Josh Allen to kind of get into the rhythm of the game. But, you know, as you said, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the Bills at their best, but they still took care of business. I think they do it yet again, man. The Jaguars are awful. 14 and a half, riding with the Bills. I like the under in this game, over under 49. I actually like the Jacksonville team total. I'm not sure what it's going to be set at. I would assume it's probably going to be 17 and a half given this, 31-17. That seems like the right number out there. So if it's 17 and a half, I'll take the under here. The, the Bills defense, yards per play, like they're absolutely dominant. 
they're the best team in the NFL by almost half a yard right now. And not like they've played the easiest schedule in the entire world. So uh, of re- of of late they have, but not overall. Uh, so yeah, give me Jacksonville or give me Buffalo. Jacksonville team total under and the over under of 49. Uh, all right, let's move on. This might be my best bet of the week right now. Houston at Miami. Miami currently minus six and a half over or under is 46 and a half. I actually got a bet in last night on the Houston Texans at plus seven and a half. I believe that Tyrod Taylor is going to start this game. Uh, seven and a half, man. That's a great number in a game that is going to be absolutely. This is the, the puke spectacular of the season. This may be for the number one overall pick if the Lions decide to win a game at some point. So what do you got in this one? This is like, this is our marquee game, babe. This is the gross, gross, gross bowl. It's not as gross if Tyrod actually suits up here. I They're 2-14. He pretty... They're 2-14. Was... <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the the the, uh, the Rockets, I feel like the Texans <laughs> play better. They're better than their record. I agree. And they're way better than their record when Tyrod suits up. So mm-hmm. if Tyrod's out there, I love them in this at, at plus six and a half. I think that that's a great value for them. Uh, Brian Flores and their defense is just, I don't even know what, I don't know what the, the Dolphins are doing. They're probably playing too much into the media into this wanting to get Deshaun Watson, not believing in Tua, Taga Viola thing. Will Fuller, no idea what's going on with that dude. He just doesn't want to play football for the Miami Dolphins. Miles Gaskins, their run game sucks. I, I just don't have much faith in Miami whatsoever. So six and a half points with Tyrod Taylor, the way he played starting out the season before getting hurt. Give me that all day. Doesn't see doesn't feel as gross as it sounds. But that that's the whole point. We're betting on the Houston Texans <laughs> plus True. six and a half. That's how much we I, don't like the Miami Dolphins. The, the double down gross bet of the week is Houston Texans. Anything, I think that you would say this too, plus six and above. We like plus six and above. Yeah. Plus six okay. and above. Plus six and above. We love that. Money line right now, plus 230. Absolutely got to sprinkle a little bit on that. And Absolutely. I do actually, I like the over in this game. 46 and a half. I think that both defenses, definitely a little trash. Tua has made some progress. Maybe not last week against Buffalo, but the two weeks before he looked like he was throwing the ball a little bit better. Tyra comes to this game. This whole offense changes for Houston. So give me Houston plus six and a half, the money line, and the over 46 and a half. Let's get it going. Our best bet of the week. I love it. Uh, what, all right. The one prop, the one prop that's been hitting crazy yeah. lately is uh, David Johnson under rush yards. Curious where they market at. Last week they had it at thirty three and a half, and he didn't even come close. They had other, you know, journeymen. I think Philip Lindsay probably had more carries than he did last game. So yeah, keep an eye on on that. I just don't have much faith in their run game whatsoever. Love it. All right, let's go to the Raiders minus three at the Giants. I mean, I guess we got to talk about the Henry Rugg situation for a second. Obviously, he was involved in a, a car crash this morning. Someone died in it. Thoughts of prayers out to that family. Really sad situation. But obviously, he's not going to be with the team probably for the rest of the season, if ever again. Uh, we thought there was going to be no distractions for the Raiders, right? You got Gruden out of the building. You got two straight wins. You're coming off of bye. You're going to yeah. the Giants on a short week. Seemed like a great situation for the Raiders minus three. Obviously, they thrived in the last time they played under circumstances where there was noise outside the building. This is a little bit different. Um, what do you think of the Raiders minus three against the Giants in this game? Over under is 46 and a half. Yeah, this one's a stay away for now. I'm definitely going to need more information in the course of the week because I think the Giants are really just snake bitten by injuries. Sterling Shepard left. He thought he was getting back and healthy. He left with a quad injury. 
Kadarius Tony injured his thumb, left the game, came back. Don't know if he's still 100%. Probably not. Still probably recovering from that ankle injury as well. Um, they really only have Evan Ingram at this point. And uh, yeah, that's I, not I good. Really, no, no, that that's really not good. Because we haven't heard. I mean, I think Saquon's probably getting closer, but Devontae Booker isn't anything to write home about. Um, I just don't really like the Giants offense. So I lean towards the Vegas despite their off the field issues. Um, they seem to be a pretty strong locker room, you know, to be able to get through the, yep. the Gruden shit and still come out with two victories since then. So um, Henry Ruggs was a big piece of their offense, but I think we'll see Hunter Renfro step up a little bit more. Brian Edwards probably getting more targets. And probably the the most significant part is they're probably going to get Darren Waller back who missed a, yep. who missed a game um, prior to uh, going on the bye week. So he's had another week to get healthy. I don't see that why this team would not beat the New York Giants, especially given how many injuries they have on both sides of the ball. And let's not, let's not forget the, uh, the Raiders pass rush is serious and the Giants offensive line is horrendous. I lost one of my fantasy leagues last week by two points due to the the last drive and Daniel Jones inability to escape the pocket and throw the freaking ball downfield. So yeah, I'm fading the Giants. No, what I'm not even gonna wait. I'm, I'm taking the I'm taking the I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders. Love it. Not the Giants. Yeah, I I actually lost a fantasy matchup last night also with Daniel Jones, where I needed one point on the final drive, oh. and that didn't happen. Um, actually, it was less than one point. It was point point four. I needed fourteen passing yards, and he couldn't do anything. But the other guy had Evan Ingram, so even the three passing yards he did get, I went with Evan Ingram. They went against me. So, was great. The only the only useful thing that Evan Ingram has done in a year and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, if it were for the rugs thing, I would be all over the Raiders here. I think it's a great situational spot for them. I mentioned it off the top, off a bye, off two wins, no distractions, giants short week. They're terrible at home. They got all of these injuries. Like that would be a great spot for the Raiders. The rugs thing, I think changes the math a lot. Uh, I'm not sure how much right now it is Tuesday. This feels like something that I'm going to bet Friday or Saturday, if I'm going to do it at all. Uh, which means I'm not going to touch the over under either. Um, but yeah, my certainly my lean before this morning was uh, Raiders minus three. So something to keep in mind as we go on to your birds hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, birds are plus two right now over under 50. Obviously, the Eagles are coming off of a giant win against the Detroit Lions. Absolutely the smackdown. Okay, well, they still won. They still won. They did. Jalen Hurts only had to throw the ball like 11 times. It's like his also, worst fantasy performance, and they won by 40 fucking points. Also killing me in fantasy. It's like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> So I just don't understand. So Nick Sirianni decides to run the ball when his best running back is on IR. And he, he gets Jordan Howard. The man has been in street clothes for the last six weeks, seven weeks. And all of a sudden, he gets two touchdowns. Like, I can't. I just don't understand it. But I mean, Nick, sure, Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni definitely hates fantasy football and fantasy football players. He doesn't give them all to Miles Sanders. Then Jalen Hurts never gained well. That's where I was going next. I was so hyped on Kenneth Gainwell. I thought it was going to be a big week. They get four rushing touchdowns, none of whom are from Jalen Hurts. And Boston we're giving Scott them all, all the Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Uh, and Jordan sad, sad Howard. state of affairs. Yeah. Plotting Jordan Howard. Very sad state of affairs. All right, so Eagles plus plus two over under fifty. What do you got in that one? 
so confused by that line. Plus two. They're really disrespecting the Chargers here. And I don't know, is it because of that run game that Sirianni showed against Detroit? Like, could they potentially do that against the Chargers? I think that that's the, the game script that you want. It's exactly what the New England Patriots just did. Um, are they going to double down on that? I got to feel like Brandon Staley's got to make an adjustment at some point. And I'm going to say that the adjustment comes against the Eagles. I'm going to take the Chargers here. Um, didn't creep up to three points yet. So I think I, I got to Yeah, I think I'm going to lean to the Chargers here. Probably going to look at it midweek, but I think I don't think I'm going to change my position here. I think Brandon Staley finally, as much as he's an analytical mind, I think he'll finally figure out what he needs to do to uh, stop being thrashed by the run. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you here. Uh, I like the Chargers minus two here. Eagles coming off a big win. Chargers, Justin Herbert's looked really bad in his last two games, but they did get yes. the bye in the middle. Uh, I like the under 50 here. I don't think this is going to be a, a huge, huge scoring game. Chargers play slow. Eagles are definitely not going to put up the same amount of points they put up last week. Uh, I think the Chargers get it done. I feel a little bit more comfortable doing the, the minus 135 money line than I do the minus two. I can see this being a one-score game or one-point game. Uh, I like the Chargers... Let's go like 24-20, something like that. I think it'll be low scoring. And uh, I think that Justin Herbert will be able to get it done, but I do not think it will be an overly dominant performance by the Chargers. Uh, game of the week, other than the one that we think is the game of the week, which is the Texans-Dolphins. Let's go for the actual <laughs> good, good game of the week. Uh, Packers, Chiefs, Packers currently plus one. That line opened at plus two and a half. The over-under right now is 54 Packers look really good. We saw it on Thursday night. They have some extra time to prepare. The Chiefs are on a short week. They look like crap. Uh, do we think the Chiefs have a little surprise for us and we'll get it done versus Aaron Rodgers or the Packers move to 8-1? Yeah, I don't know. Like Something about seeing Aaron Rodgers dressed as John Wick just had me as like, <laughs> yeah, this, man, this man is on a mission to just kill people, straight-up assassin. So the way that the, the Chiefs looked last night, not impressed at all. They barely eked out a victory. Patrick Mahomes continues to just, I don't know, the, the offense just doesn't look in sync. Ty, Tyreek Hill looked great, but Travis Kelsey was nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, he just doesn't have that rapport right now, and I don't know if it's uh, because the defense is, isn't clicking or whatever, but, yeah, I don't. Devontae Adams is going to be back. Alan Lazard has already cleared the protocol. I'm going with the Packers here. Especially because they're they're dogs, like I might just sprinkle on the money line here. I think that the Packers are going to win this outright. Yeah, I mean, my initial lean here is the Packers, given the extra amount of time, the guys that they have coming back, the Chiefs' obvious issues all over the place, which makes me think that this is going to be a Chiefs surprise, man. It scares the crap out of me. I'm I'm not willing to commit to a side at this point. I want to read more information. This is going to be heavy strategy uh, and kind of matchup based more than yeah. my usual take would be. Um, but I do know that they're kind of hanging that plus one out there. I, uh, sneaky, sneaky. I think this might be a, a chief spot where they get it done here. It's going to be so close, man. Like you can't bet against Mahomes, but now like if you're going to do it, this is the year he's continually shown that he can't cover that their defense sucks and that there could be something else going on there that, uh, you know, you, you have all this faith in Mahomes of what he's giving you from a, a reasonable sample size over the last few years. But, for whatever reason, man, I, I I think I've gotten off the train. I, I can't rock with it right now. I'm trying to figure out where the public's going to come in here. It's too early in the week to figure that out. I feel like I'm just going to fade the public in this game. I'm interested to see if yeah. they finally flip on Mahomes. 
and they end up on Aaron Rodgers, another very, very public team in the Packers. If this lands yeah. at like 70% of the tickets on Green Bay, I'm absolutely betting Kansas City, no doubt. I mean, what do you think is the possibility of the swing to the Packers being the favorite? Probably. Uh, I So the, the the two and a half to one, it closed at two and a half before the start of the Chiefs game last night, reopened at one. My guess is that this probably gets to at least pick them at some point. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to cross the threshold, but I wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see it go off at a pick them. Um, I think that the tickets are going to come in from the public on Green Bay in this game. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting. I think I'm going to end up on the Chiefs and I'm going to be really, really angry about it, which is a good position for me to be in. If I'm angry at my bets, they usually win. If I love them, <laughs> they usually lose. All right. Let's go to uh, Arizona at San Francisco. That is at Pick'em right now over under 45. This line opened at looked like plus two. It is now down to Pick'em. Obviously, San Francisco off of a nice win in Chicago, Arizona. Lost the Packers. They're dealing with their own issues. Kyler, Jay Glazer reported he has, actually has an injury. Um, who knows what's going to happen with that? We know what happens when Kyler gets injured. The entire offense tanks. And we've been waiting for the time where Arizona, you know, takes a nosedive. It's going to happen at some point. You think it's this week? You think the 49ers can get it done? Yeah, this is another wait and see. Curious to see what how the QB room kind of shakes out with San Francisco. Another regular Jimmy Garoppolo performance last week. Um, they did acquire, uh, I saw that they acquired somebody on their defense. Um, yeah, the guy from Houston. Uh, I forgot what his name is. Defensive yeah. lineman. De- de- yeah, defensive lineman. So we'll see if he gets into the fold. But George Kittle should be back, um, which is a welcome return for that, that San Francisco offense. But, you know, Kyler's injury last year was his shoulder. This is, is is a sprained ankle. He hasn't really been running that much anyway. Um, I think Arizona will get right here and uh, come away with the victory. But it is a pick em. Early lean is the is the Arizona Cardinals, but I'll probably do a little bit more homework. And uh, we'll see how this pans out by the end of the week. But it might, it might get into my top five. We'll see. I think that I'm going to end up on the 49ers here and – you can say what you want about Kyler not running. And it's true. He's not running forward, but he's still doing his scramble shit in the pocket. Like that's yeah. he's still moving around. And if he's not able to do that anywhere near the level that Kyler's used to doing it at, like that offensive line gets saved so much by him just scrambling around. It is not that good. And if he's going to be more, you know, stoic in the pocket, not moving around, I think they can get home. And you've seen him a lot this year. They have fumbled so many times and they their fumble recovery luck right now is insane. It's going to start regressing at some point, and I think this might be the week. I'm not 100% sure who's going to start for the 49ers. My guess is it's going to be Garoppolo. But the running game last week looked good. You can run against Arizona. Their explosive run rate is one of the worst in the league. It's kind of a perfect setup for San Francisco at home, man. I I think that San Francisco is going to get get this done. The more that I talk about it, the more that I actually like San Francisco in this game. So we'll do a little bit more research and see. Uh, But I think this is a good spot for the 49ers. Uh, Sunday night football. I think this might be my favorite teaser leg of the year. Titans at the Rams, plus seven and a half for the Titans right now, over under 54. I got to tell you, man, going through the seven and three with the Rams, bringing this down to one and a half. Titans off of three giant wins without Derrick Henry. This is the smash spot of the season right now. I don't know about the seven and a half. It's a big number. Tennessee's still a competent team, and they're going to throw the ball more to Julio and AJ and Ryan Tannehill. They're very explosive or can be very explosive doing that, but. This seems like a random smash spot to me. Yeah, it's uh, you got the hook there at seven and a half, but 
they just acquired the Rams just acquired Vaughn Miller, yet another person that's going to be a Hall of Famer along with Jalen Ramsey and um, Aaron Donald. I, I'm just I don't know what Tennessee is going to do. I mean, they're going to have to win with Ryan Tannehill, yeah. and I don't know how many times that we've seen him not be reliable in the clutch. And it's really just been Derrick Henry that's been bailing them out late in games when they started slow. They start slow in this one; they're not coming back. And we saw Matt Stafford get pulled in the third quarter because they were just trouncing uh, the, the Houston Texans last game. I think he plays this one. It's going to be prime time. So we're going to see the, the Rams in full effect. And at home, I don't I don't see the Rams losing this game. They're probably one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. And now they just got better at the deadline. So and Tennessee, they've gotten worse. So I don't I just don't see it. If Julio doesn't play. Good luck, Tannehill. You're going to need everything you can get. I think Julio will probably end up playing, just mm. given you know the need in their season and with the Colts uh, vying on their on their on their tail for the uh, division. So, but yeah, I, I think this is a good spot for the uh, the Rams to take care of business against the spread. It seems like the Rams in recent years, when it gets to Monday night, Sunday night football, they show up for these games. Like they are ready to rock. I think they know they're on the big stage. This is an yeah. opportunity for Stafford and McVay to put their stamp on the season. Like you got to come through us. The Super Bowl is in Los Angeles and goes through Los Angeles. So I think that this is a absolute smash spot for the Rams. Like I said before, I think that the over team total is probably a good bet. I'm going to end up on the seven and a half minus seven and a half. I think the minus one and a half as a teaser piece is probably the best one that you can do all year long. Uh, yeah, love the Rams each and every way in this one. Let's go to uh, Monday Night Football last game of the week. We have the Bears plus six and a half. At the Pittsburgh Steelers, the over-under currently at 40. Justin Fields showed some things last week. I know it was a loss to San Francisco, but he looked pretty good. And uh, Steelers Steelers defense looked great. Steelers offense still looks like trash, but got it done. Currently sitting at 4-4, four and four, not out of the playoff picture at all. What do you think is going to happen in this one? Uh, I think Cleo Mack, whether he plays, is going to make a difference. I still don't have a lot. I mean, Justin Fields had a ridiculous run. Um, last game that was really the potential that we think we saw in him coming into this season. This is the first time. I mean, he's been using his legs more. Uh, but this is the first time it actually hit. And But I am still just can't get over the fact that they just can't push the ball through the air. Darnell Mooney is their most competent receiver. We've seen Cole Komet be more involved in their offense. But Allen Robinson is nowhere to be found. Dude is, dude is lost somewhere. And doesn't look like it's going to be improving much. Pittsburgh coming off of the bye. As I said, they were going to be a completely different team. They were. They took care of business against the Browns. And I think that they're going to make this pretty easy against the uh, the Chicago Bears. Because it's prime time, part of me is like, oh, maybe I should take the Bears. And I know the public's going to be on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a popular team coming off a big victory. But I just don't see it within the Bears organization. And mainly Matt Nagy. Yeah. Unless he loses the play calling duties, this team is going nowhere fast. So I got to back the more competent leadership team and ultimately skill positions, which all land on the Steelers. I'm leading the Steelers too. Uh, definitely like the under in this game of 40. I think it'll be low scoring. I could see the Steelers getting out with a cover of 17 to 10, something like that. Uh, look, fields look pretty good, but you're right about the skill positions. I mean, Chicago just lacks kind of everywhere right now. They can't get the ball to Allen Robinson at all. The offensive line continues to be a, a complete turnstile. And their yeah. defense, yeah, you're right on Mac, but also Akeem Nix. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in this game. If those two guys aren't playing, like, absolutely, I'm on the Steelers. If they both are, 
a little bit more interesting for the Bears situation. Um, you know, six and a half is a lot for the Steelers team that's not going to score. So I'm kind of in between here. I need to see where the ticket count falls. My lean is the Steelers. I think that they win this game, whether or not they get six and a half. The back door is kind of open in that one. I could see them being up, you know, yeah. 10, and then Fields runs down the field and uh, gets us to three. So a little scary. Probably won't be one of my top five, but I'm with you on the Steelers. I like them in a money line to get this win. Um, that does it for week nine. We will be back on Friday. Uh, I will be recording from Vegas. Very excited about that. going to be a fun weekend. Can't wait to do a little gambling, some gambling. Uh, bet on some really, really gross stuff. Dan, until Friday when we talk again, uh, thanks for joining me. And uh, everybody yes, have a good week.